So today we have a sentence from Romeo and Juliet, and our sentence reads, What? Drawn and talk of peace? I hate the word as I hate hell, all Montagues and thee. Okay, so a couple of quick things about our sentence. As Nick pointed out, two important things he pointed out. One, this is technically two sentences. But our first one is uh, an incomplete thought. It's got a lot of missing words. We have a fragment. And our second sentence is also unusual because I think this is what you're asking me, right? Why is this capitalized? Okay. So our first sentence is a fragment. It's incomplete thought. And then our second sentence is divided up into two lines of verse. Now, last week I gave you a tip for taking apart sentences when we look at Shakespeare. Does anybody remember what the tip was? What should you do? Yes, John? There you go. Ignore the line breaks. But they are there. Okay, it's poetry. What I mean about a line break is that in poetry, the poet decides what word to end the line on. Right? If we look at a regular paragraph, the only word that the, that the writer decides to start a new line on is the very first word of the paragraph. And then everything else, it's just typography, right? It's just wherever the computer shoots it back to the other side because you ran out of space on the page. Everybody following me? Nods of agreement. Okay. So when we're talking about lines of poetry, the poet decides where to stop continuing across the page and move back to the other side. So this right here is a line break. Shakespeare decided his line would end on word. There's still room on the page. You'll see it when we look in your books. He could have kept going across the page, but it's not prose, it's poetry, it's verse. So the line of verse ends, and then it continues on the next line. And in most poetry prior to the 20th century, prior to the 1900s, we automatically capitalize the first word in every new line of verse. Okay? We don't really do it anymore. Modern poetry doesn't do this. Okay, so we automatically cap the first word in a new line of verse. And we don't really do this a lot in, um, in contemporary poetry, poets who are writing right now in the year 2020. I would say probably most of them don't do that. It's got, gone out of fashion. Although it's coming back a little bit because your computers sort of insist on it. You may have noticed that your computer will always just capitalize things. Um, the only reason it's capitalized, though, is because it's a new line of verse. There's no grander significance. Now, before we take out our main parts, one other important thing we should know. When you are quoting poetry, including what you read in Romeo and Juliet, when you are quoting poetry, I did tell you to pick out main parts ignoring the line breaks, but when you're quoting poetry, you put a slash like this to show the line breaks. This is important because we're going to do some more critical reading responses like we did for Things Fall Apart you're going to have to use quotes. When you quote poetry, you add a slash to 
to show the line breaks. So in other words, we would write this, if we were quoting this in our essay, we would write it out. Tibble says, this is, a, this is spoken by a character named Tibble. We haven't met him yet. Tibble says, I hate, doesn't it? These are his first, some of his first words. I hate the word slash as I hate hell all Montagues and the. Okay, so what you can see here is I kept going across the board, right? But I put a slash to show the break between the two lines. Then to cite this, when citing Shakespeare, I've got my example right here. Instead of a page number, we do a notation like this. What's this? Right, this is a, a Roman numeral. It's an uppercase Roman numeral one for act one. This is a lowercase Roman numeral one. To no, this is an I, this is a capital I. It's just a font doesn't, you know, okay. Capital I is act one. Lowercase I is scene one. And then regular numeral 71 to 72. What do you think that is? Luke? The line numbers in the play, correct. So we would do that in our own. We'd say one, one, 71. Why do you think it just says 71-2? So this is a line number. What's that? Right, I didn't need to write 71 to 72 because it's just logical that I'm continuing my lines. Okay. All right, so when we're quoting, when we are quoting from Romeo and Juliet, we will always tell the character says because it's always a character talking. It's a play. That's how it works. And then we will show our line breaks with a slash. And we will cite our quote with act scene line. Okay, questions about that? Okay, brilliant. All right, let's see how Ryan picked out the main parts for us here. So, our verb was hate. Who or what hates? I hate. I is a subject. I hate what? Word. Word is a direct object. Good. Next verb, hate. Who or what hates? I hate. I hate who or what? Hell, Montague, and thee. Those are all the direct objects. We have a list as the direct object. All the main parts there are is correct. That, is that sound? What do you mean? Is Did he pick out? Perfect sentence of the year? Yeah. Perfect. So, I think uh, because I gave the clue that the first part was a fragment, you just didn't look out for parts there, right? Yeah, which is fair enough. Um, he didn't pick out main parts in the first bit because it's a fragment. But yes, of piece is a prepositional phrase. Um, why does he use the? What is the? What's the? Yep, Declan. It, it means you. And we should just briefly talk about second-person pronouns in Shakespeare before we turn to the play. Okay, so second-person pronouns. What are our second-person pronouns today? 
What do we use today for second person pronouns? You and your, that's it. Those are the only ones. In the past, though, we had you and your. They existed. But we also had the, thou, thy, and thine. The, thou, thy, and thine. That's a lot, right? Does anybody know why there were so many and how this worked? Have any of you heard about this before, Matt? Well, if I were to use these today, would that be like incorrect or weird? Just weird. Um, there, so, so the, thou, thy, and thine are considered archaic. What does archaic mean? Old, Old yeah. Archaic means that they're no longer, they're still understood, but they're no longer really in usage, okay? I don't know about razors, but wasn't there like another letter in the alphabet? Um, I don't know about that, okay? So, I don't know. That seems like something to Google later on. Um, so let's talk about the different. How many of you take French? Qui parle français ici? A few people, a few people. Yes, bonjour, uh-huh. Okay. And uh, anybody speak Spanish? Spanish, brilliant. Okay, we... Interesting. All right. Anybody in here taking Chinese? Only will. All right. Okay. All right. So... This doesn't work at all the same way in Chinese, so as a disclaimer, it, comparing these pronouns to Chinese isn't going to help us at all. But comparing them to Spanish and French is going to help us. And I, I know only the tiniest little bit of Spanish, so I'm going to start with my French speakers and then we'll compare it to Spanish. My French speakers, what are the second person pronouns in French? Yes, you have. You have. You cannot speak sentences without it. They don't. It's definitely like oh, oui, oui. <laughs> they do. Oui. I know that. How about, how about um, a verb, conjugate a verb for me, where you go through all the different ways you do a verb? Yeah, Will, you got it. Can you conjugate any verbs? Uh, Je suis to a. Does it sound familiar? Okay, do that. Well, I know the pronouns. Okay, what are the... Two. two and... Okay, keep going. What's the second person pronoun? New is first person. Vu. Thank you. Did I come from the corner over there? Okay. Two and vu. All right. My French speakers is coming back to you. You've, ha you've heard these before. Okay. All right. So in French, there's... We have two different first person pronouns. Two and vu. Okay. Vu. Ah, it's you, but it's more formal or plural, right? And two and usted. Okay, two and usted. All right, that, and you've arrived, and you've arrived at the limit of my Spanish. And the only reason I know that in Spanish is so that I can explain this to you. I don't know. Hombre, hermanos. I don't know. Hombre's man. Hermanos is brother. I know a little bit of Spanish. All right. Now, if you know that, what is hermano? 
Sister? Okay, see? There you go. All right, it's good. I'm going to Spain in the summer. I should probably brush up. All right. So stay with me here. Stay with me. Stay with me. Okay, this works the same in both Spanish and French, which covers the majority of our classroom here in terms of your, your foreign languages. The second person plural, the second person plural is also often considered formal. Correct? Right? You use vous or usted, ustedes. Okay, that's our, that's our formal. Okay, so in Shakespearean, in Shakespearean English, in Shakespearean English, you and your is either plural or formal. So when someone says you in Shakespearean English, in Elizabethan English, they're either speaking to a group of people or they are being formal as in a child to an elder, as in a servant to a master, as in a lower class person to a lord or a nobility. Okay? I, let me just keep explaining and then I'll take your question. All right. So, thee, thou, thy, and thine are singular or informal, and informal, really, it's both. As in, and this is true in your, Span in your Spanish and French classes, too. Unless your teacher tells you you can use the informal, you as a student, even though there's only one teacher that you're talking to, you are supposed to use the formal version. Now, your teacher might tell you you don't have to, and then you don't have to. Uh, that's up to them. That's like an individual relationship situation. Um, I know in my own French classes in high school, we were always supposed to call our teacher vous. There was only one of her, but that was formal and polite. Okay? These versions, like two in both French and Spanish, is singular. It's also informal. So when people are using thee, thou, thy, and thine, they are probably speaking to someone who is their peer or who is their friend or family member, or they're actually being insulting. They're speaking down to them. So in other words, if, if somebody of, in this, in this case, which we haven't seen this in the play yet, I know, but actually Tybalt is being insulting. He's using thee as an insult to speak to somebody he hates who he's fighting with. So thee, thou, thy, and thine. Now the other reason why there's so many versions is really just how the words sound. And it's just like how we have um, me, I, my, and mine. It's the same, basically they work the same way. Like anywhere that you would say me, you would use thee grammatically. Anywhere you would use I, you would say thou grammatically. Just like we have my and mine for pronunciation. That's why there are so many. We could get super technical about it if we wanted to. Like thou can only be the subject of a sentence and thee can only be an object in a sentence. That's the grammatical reason. But the way you can remember it in your brain is just like in English we have 
I, me, my, and mine. Those are all of our first person pronouns and we have a whole bunch. The reason we have so many is just a matter of pronunciation. It's just to make the words come out smoother. That's it. It's the only reason. Same thing for thee, thou, thy, and thine. Okay, now Nick, do you still remember your question? I, I have no idea, but I know it's not. I know it's not the same. Would I, Will, how does it work in Chinese? Second person pronoun. If you're talking to somebody. Okay. What about you? What's you? You got it. Yeah. Okay. But are there, are there multiple forms of it? Or not like this? There are. Okay. Sim is it similar? Like, is there a polite version and a casual version? There is? Cool. I never knew that. Thank you. That's good. I always just thought I couldn't, I couldn't include the people taking Chinese in my discussion because I didn't know how it worked. So, thank you. All right. I don't know how it works either. Okay. Any, que <laughs> Any other questions about today's sentence? That was a lot. We had a lot in today's sentence.